Hello. Welcome to this week's edition of The Lower League Look, where we discuss the last seven days and the upcoming seven days of League Two. We remain impartial and treat everyone the same, except Carlisle. Carlisle can get fucked. And now, as John Yens would say, introducing three fat clowns. It's the Lower League Look. 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 Guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode nine of the Lower League Look. We have a special guest tonight for the first half of the show. I'm going to get the point right. I'm going to get the point right. Yes, I am. We've got Gab Sutton with us tonight. You know Chris, you know Grant. Gab, not a League Two fan, but probably one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever known when it comes to football. And we were like, we've got to take this chance. So, Gab, I'm going to give you a bit of time. Tell us about yourself and why you've got, why you've, you obviously you love football. What's brought that on? What's put you in this position? Sure. Well, you say I'm not a League Two fan. I'm not a fan of a League Two club. Uh, I support Birmingham yeah. City, but I know, I know what you meant. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I guess I started uh, writing about the lower divisions about eight years ago and just kind of crafted a niche on it. I actually started off by doing some writing on the Premier League as well. But I actually found that there was there was actually more interest in what I was writing about the lower divisions because your Hartlepools and your Bradford Cities weren't getting as much main coverage from the mainstream media so although they'd had smaller fan bases obviously than Manchester United and Man City um you you, you got a high, much higher proportion of their fan bases that were reading your stuff and and I found like I could kind of carve out a niche with that so I kind of dedicated a bit of time towards uh, that kind of project and then started to get some some more offers and now I'm working for for various clients so um yeah quite lucky really that I had the time to work towards that and I'm glad that I can focus on giving these divisions the uh, the coverage that they deserve because they're they're wonderful leagues aren't they I mean league two the promotion race is just um absolutely extraordinary this season and it's um it's such a pleasure to follow it yeah I mean yeah, you, you've you've nailed it there, really. League Two this season, I think, as far as a promotion race is concerned, it's it's the best one in the country. Um, I think the National League is is quite strong, but you'd expect it to be that good with the amount of money that's been splashed there. But we're going to come on to the coverage side of things, and um, do you know what? I'll start with it, Gab, because okay. I think that it's something that is quite quite fresh in our minds. Grant, I know that you're quite big on this. Um, and that's that Sky have announced their fixtures for the Easter weekend. Um, and it's it's diverse, to say the least, if you're a fan of the top end of the championship or the top end of League One. Uh, not a single League Two game. Once again, this is the second time in a row that they've done this. I know we had Monday night, but that was, I think, pulled in as a an extra because it was for the, for the Ukraine cause that they, they moved the game around. So why do you think it is? Why do you think that we just don't get the coverage in this league? Uh, well, I think you've uh, you've backed me into a bit of a corner here because on the one hand, I feel passionately about uh, League Two getting the coverage it deserves. I think it's an absolutely wonderful league that um, I don't think is getting the extent of coverage that it deserves. When you look at the National League uh, and what BT Sport are doing with them, you've got to give full credit to BT Sport. And, um, and that's kind of funding a lot of the investment or leading to a lot of the investment that's going into the National League. Um, so on the one hand, I feel passionately that League Two deserves more coverage. On the other hand, I'd quite like to work for Sky Sports one of these days. So I'm also <laughs> please give me a job, guys. Um, <laughs> so, so I suppose it's it's kind of reconciling them uh, 
the, the, the two things. But um, but no, I, I mean, the promotion race is such an exciting thing. And I am surprised that um, that, that there aren't more, more games that are getting covered. And I'd love it if someone like Quest TV, who have done such a good job covering all three leagues on the EFL highlights, mm-hmm. I'd love it if they got um, that sort of gig for, for one or two <coughs> Minutes, because um, I think that's what the um, the league two needs really. I definitely think it is. I'm I'm not as much as in the fence as you, Gab, because I'm not looking for a job with Sky Sports. <laughs> I'm. I, you I that, mate. If you got a message into your inbox tomorrow from Sky Sports, <laughs> I'm I'm a message from the inbox from Sky. I would go for it, but I think give me your number. If they, listen, if they listen to this, I've not got hope in hell of getting a job with Sky Sports. I'm. No. They did. They need a big sensor button. I'm for me. Um, which Liam struggles with. Um, I yeah, think I it's a it. fucking joke. <laughs> um, I, I said, <laughs> I, said on, I said it on Twitter earlier on. Um, I, I was, I don't, I'm not sure if it was your tweet that I responded to, Gab, um, or if it was League Two Central. It was one of them that I responded League to. League Two Centrals. Um, it's it's horribly, horribly, um, under undervalued. I think League Two. Um, I don't think Monday's game it was the best advert for League Two, to be honest with you. I think everyone that's, that watched the Forest Green match said the same thing. It was a bit it was a bit poor, but there's no doubt there's some fantastic teams, some fantastic players, and there's some great matches that happen like throughout the full thing. And yeah, BT Sport are doing a great, great job with the National League. I don't see why we can't get more coverage um, in League think- Two. But no doubt if they did, it would just all go to... Salford, as it always does. Mm. Not, not, not like being salty there, Chris. Chris, for you, just on what Gab said there about the, uh, and obviously Grant touched on it, the National League getting the coverage. Do you think that Sky could or should look at letting League Two go? You know, they're, they're obviously not not too interested in looking at League One. Uh, sorry, League Two. They're happy with League One. They're happy with the Championship. Why not let BT Sport have League Two and the National League, or another, or, or another, or, you know, or another. Another channel. I mean, like, I, I don't want to bring in another sport, but obviously we've got um, Channel 4 have brought in uh, Rugby League on a Saturday morning or Saturday lunchtime, which has worked really well. I think they had some of the highest grossing figures for a sporting um, event, especially for Rugby League. And I think for me, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm not afraid to mention what I think. I do think that Sky Sports seem to just go with uh, the easy option. And as we've said, I think this is the most exciting run. Uh, it's, it's the most exciting run-up um, to an end of a season that we've got in all of the leagues. Um, and I'd also say, I know we've talked about the top of the league too as well. I think it's important to mention as well that at the bottom as well. I mean, there's still a potential of, you know, three or four teams that could still do that. So for me, I think obviously we've got the problem where we've got, um, you know, you've got to take the, you know, the, the, the three leagues and uh, you've got to make, you know, you, they have to be together. But to be honest with you, I think it would be really good to see what, you know, another channel could do, especially like I said, BT Sports for National League has been phenomenal. Absolutely I think the difficulty is with that though, isn't it? Is because the EFL is basically what covers your championship League One and League Two TV rights, and then your National League, your National North and South are completely separate. They're run by the National League, which mm. essentially is its own entity, and it doesn't run by EFL rules. Mm. They don't even well this season 
we've discussed this before. They're not even they don't run financial fair play really, and that's coming in with their own version of it next year. So I think the TV pack it must be a TV package that comes to that because Quest TV they got they've got the rights to the highlight reels, but they're losing that at the end of the season as well. It's going to ITV. I think the other um, the other problem you've got though is that um, I, I feel. So, so I, for me, I would absolutely love it if there were more um, live games on TV because, uh, especially at this stage of the season, the, the excitement, the unpredictability, it makes it such a wonderful league. And because everyone's at a sort of relatively even level, I'd much rather watch a League Two game than a Premier League game where Man City and Liverpool are, are winning every week. Um, I think that though, that a lot of the time when games are moved fans often complain about the timings of uh, of the matches. So they'll say, well, why is this on at 12.30, for example? It means that uh, we it sort of disrupts our travel arrangements as opposed to the three o'clock. So I do sometimes feel as well that TV companies are in a no-win situation with, um, with fans because if they show a game, then they'll have to move the time of it and that will, will inconvenience fans. But if they don't show a game, that will annoy fans as well. So sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of an inconsistency in there as well as a lot of the points. That fair are very point. Valid. Very it, fair point. I do I think, think if think, you knew... Just, sorry, just on, on that point, though, because we're talking about Easter weekend, there's there's no games being moved for it because they're, they're allowed to show 3pm uh, kickoffs. You know, it's Good Friday, it's Bank College sure. Monday. So they are the showing that, you know, they've essentially, you look on the Friday... They've got a game at 12.30, 3 o'clock, 5.30, 8pm. They've then got three games on the Saturday. And then on the Monday, they've got 12.30, 3pm, 5.30, 8pm. Um, now, for me, I think up until probably the last couple of years, the Championship's been one of the best leagues in the world. Like, the Championship has been quality. Yeah. Yeah. However, I don't have any desire, and I don't think that I will be in the minority here. I have no desire to watch Nottingham Forest play West Brom. Yeah, I just it, it's not a it, West Brom are a club that are going to bounce up and down between the Premier League. Notts Forest aren't, they've, you know, they've, they've they've done it before, but they're not. They're not going to be a team that are ever going to. Even when they're in the Premier League, I've got no desire to watch West Brom. It's the dullest club yeah, in the it, world. This is the thing, and it's like you've got these teams that are in the lower leagues, and you know, it, there's so many teams in this league that could put on a better show than I think those two teams. For that game, I I genuinely believe. You know, you look at what we got. Forest Green, who finally got a win last night. Uh, sorry, not the night before. I forgot when we're recording this. Uh, Mansfield, they've got back on this run. They've gone. What is it? Eighteen games. I think they went before they got that defeat. And some Yeah. And and at that point, you'd have thought that Sky would have looked and gone. These could, uh, you know, obviously they haven't, but they could have gone all the way to the Easter weekend. We need to be looking at putting someone like that on. Yeah, you know, but that sort of team. But on the flip side to that, how many how many fans of Mansfield got? How many fans of Forest Green got? How many fans of Nottingham Forest got? How many fans of West Brom got? And that's where obviously where you know Sky are looking at this and going, well, that's why we need to stay in the Championship. Unfortunately for the neutral, um, we're not being able to access as much live football as we should. And I guess a, a conversation could be as well because obviously. With, you know, bringing this into it, it might be slightly changing subject, but, um, you know, it's the 3, 3 p.m. kickoffs. Is it now time that clubs are allowed to make money 
from 3 p.m. kickoffs. Is that really a section now? Now, I'd be interested to see just, what you think on this, Gab. Just, just before you jump in on that, Gab, we're the only country that still does it. It used to be blanket. It used to be across the whole of Europe. We asked. We are the only country, aside from I think possibly someone like Switzerland, we're the only ones who do not allow teams to broadcast at three pm on a Saturday. We're the only ones left. Um, I I think that should change. I don't see why that that you know it's it's so expensive to go and watch the game, especially when your team's away. We should be able to watch them. I think the fact that it's expensive to watch the game is something we have to address as a sport. I think that, and I think that this leads to a lot of issues within this country in terms of uh, the privatisation of the, of the rail system. I'm not I'm not quite going to go into politics on here, <laughs> but you can see what I'm what, what I'm sort of driving at. Um, there's lots of ticket prices as well. It's another huge issue. Um, I paid 28 quid to watch Cheltenham Town against uh, Doncaster Rovers now. I'm more than happy to, to pay that because I love watching Cheltenham Town against Doncaster Rovers, but there's outsiders who might be a bit more neutral, a bit more on the fence, who would go if it's a 10 or 15 quid, but probably wouldn't pay that amount of money. So I think there's lots of issues that we have to tackle and try and tackle as a sport. Um, but I also think that we value what we invest in in life. And I think that if football becomes a kind of fast food um, fast food sport where you click a few buttons and you get it right up on your laptop. Um, I don't think you invest in it in the same way. If I watch Birmingham City uh, play on the TV, um, maybe if I've got a couple of mates round and uh, you know, we'll maybe celebrate a few goals, but certainly if I'm watching it on my own, I wouldn't feel about it as strongly as I would as if I'm at the game. And I think for me, it's absolutely fundamental to the future of the game that people have that match day experience, people have that live um, atmosphere. I think that's so much of what makes football what it is. And for me, I think that abandoning the blackout would be the start of a very, very slippery slope. I, I agree to a to a to a point there where the match day experience is key. Like, in, and there's nothing like it. The, the genuinely isn't. I've I've been to other sports. I've seen fans at other sports. I, I genuinely don't think that there's a better experience than being at, at a football game. But at the same time, when we come back to that cost of living, we come back to the cost of the game. Clubs have got to do more to make it better to go to games, because it's like it's like you look at. If, if I choose, if I had the option to watch from home, I live 15 minutes away from the ground. Bradford City is not an expensive ground to go and watch at in terms of, if actually got voted the most valuable in the league, I think yesterday it came out, they're the, the most valued team to go and watch in the league, which I don't really understand, but it's not expensive for me to go and watch it. But if Bradford City lose, there's nothing for me to do there. You know, there's nothing really that entices me to go in if we're on a bit of a bad run. However, we've just... What about, the, what about the chops on Manningham Lane? They do some decent food there. <laughs> they do, but I can go there Monday to Friday. That's true. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. It's like, I think clubs have got into this position. There's a perfect example, and it's Manchester City, but I'll, I'll tell you about them in a minute. So the, the clubs have got into this position where they seem to think that they, they, that's enough. You turn up, they put a match on. doesn't matter if they win, lose. Good performance, shit performance. That's enough. And it, unfortunately, we're at a point where it isn't smartphones. You know, we're talking about being able to stop the blackout and things like that dropping the blackout. You can watch games at 3 p.m. on a Saturday if you want to watch games at 3 p.m. on a Saturday. We'd, we'd be stupid to pretend That's that what that I was going to say. There's, if you want to watch a game, 
you're gonna find a way to watch the game. And yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of people who are listening to us that will know exactly what we are talking about. Yeah, and that's the you've got that problem of there's maybe not enough to entice you. We at Bradford this this year have sorry, this week have launched a fan zone outside the ground. We're trying to build something and I think that it will be a success. When I touched on Manchester City, I went for the Man City Everton game a couple of months ago and outside their ground, people always laugh at Man City and like when the players are warming up or five minutes before the ground, the game and the, the seats are empty and they go, oh God, they've got no fans. They're all outside the ground. Outside the ground, they have a stage with a live band on. They have shops on the, the actual concourse itself. And I'm not talking like little kiosks. I'm talking full restaurants. Like Man City is a day out. For, for me, like when I when we went, we were a gobsmack. The whole thing, the whole experience is there. And, and at 10 to 3, they do an announcement. They go, guys, make your way to your seats. And everyone gets in because they've got it nailed. I think, yes, football is why we're all there. But there's a lot of other things that I think people would like to see. I've got two young children. They, they don't mind football. They're not 100% on it yet. But if there was something else that enticed them to go, that's what but, I think we then- need to look at. Liam, is that is that not the ta- the challenge that we should take on that encourage clubs to give fans a better offer to improve that match yeah. day experience rather than say, well, they're not doing it, so let's not bother and let's just watch it on our smartphones and on our laptops. For me, I think I think that's more the thing to tackle. It's can we try and encourage clubs to improve the match day yeah, experience? And I agree, some clubs aren't doing enough in that regard, and and I think that's where part of the problem is. And that's that's per, that's a perfect way to put it. We do need to encourage clubs to do more, but then on the flip side, that then comes back from the coverage because without the coverage from the from the likes of Sky or BT Sport, whoever it would be that was in charge, that TV money coming in doesn't enable these clubs to do these things. So these things, these decisions of what games you're going to put on over the Easter weekend, they have a massive. They don't Nottingham Forest. The money that they receive for the, that game over Easter weekend ain't going to scratch the surface for them. You give that money to someone like Sutton, you give that money to, you know, Oldham at this stage of the season, It's it literally could be the difference between them surviving the summer and not surviving the summer, that sort of cash. It's not massive, but it's much more beneficial to someone like that. But they, unfortunately, clubs can't make these changes without the investment from above, and they're not going to make those changes until there's eyes on the club. There's no one looking at it apart from their fans. If no one's looking at it apart from their fans... Why are they going to put on a show? You know, it, it, Hartlepool, perfect example. When you played Rotherham the other week, Sky were there. You knew it was on Sky. You wanted to put a show on. Your fans raised, what was it, five grand? And came to stand out with Good flags. few thousands, yeah. yeah. And because they knew that Sky were going to be there. And I think, you know, we have, I think we've had one game on Sky this season, which was away at Port Vale. It finished two all. It was a cracking game. Um, and then nothing else. But like, as we, we sort of stuck on that a bit and I don't want to, you know, keep going on about it, but, you know, I think we could do a, probably a full podcast on whether TV's right in this league or not. Um, I am going to pull us on to, first of all, I'm going to apologise because we didn't record last week. Gab, you might not know, we didn't record last week. Everyone in this thing, apart from you, Gab, was poorly. Um, well, no, these two were poorly. I was going to do one completely on my own, but thought that people might get annoyed. Um, so we're going to make up for it this week. Let's look at the last 10 days, because it's been 10 days. That's not the right list. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you focusing on there? I was re- right, because we got this list that we run, this run sheet, yeah. and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I didn't write this. 
Thank right. God we can edit things out here. Eh? <laughs> this isn't getting edited. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you can't get edited, can it? Um, right. So we've, we've come back in. So what we've got to talk about here, Stevenage. Let's touch on Stevenage. Let's start on Stevenage. Stevenage sacked the manager, brought in the ever-lovely Steve Evans. What are we thinking, guys? What, what do we think about that as a, as a decision? Uh, do I dare say it? I actually don't think it's the worst decision in the world. I, I got really balls. don't. I've. I mean, do you, you guys what? at Bradford know that he's got balls, don't you? Uh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I think Tuesday. I think. I think um, the fact that they've sold, they've sacked Tisdale after he only came in. I think it was November. Uh, Tisdale seems to have had a run of. Uh, lots of jobs. I've seen that probably three or four since he was uh, ex- Exeter for what five, six years. Did a great job there. Um, I don't think he got enough time there. <clears throat> do I think it's a good move? Yeah, I do. I do think it's a good move. I think it's a ruthless move that they needed. They need someone to come in and sort the club out so that they don't go down there. What are they three points away from Oldham? <clears throat> Third bottom. I think yeah. it's a shrewd move. I certainly do not think it's the worst move of the weekend, but we'll come on to I mean, that in a bit. It was an, it was an, it was an interesting first thing that um, that he'd done as a manager, didn't he? So he comes in as the manager, and then all of a sudden there's this COVID outbreak, yeah. and they can't play their game at the weekend. At, at a time, by the way, where you don't have to isolate for COVID no more. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, I'm calling bullshit on that. Did he do I, the same at Gillingham? Gab, you'll probably know this. Did he, did he? Has he done? I'm pretty sure when he was at Gillingham, there was a there was a, a COVID outbreak there as well, um, which was which was quite a suspicious one. Um, because as soon as it happened, everyone was just like typical Evans. We knew this was going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Obviously, there's no way of proving it, but what do you think, Gab? What do you think the Evans situation is going to be at Stevenage come the end of this season? I can see why why they've gone for him, to be honest, because I I, um, I look at Paul Tisdale and, to be honest, I, I certainly don't think of him as, as a, a manager that you'd want in a relegation dogfight because he's just incredibly calm, almost a little bit, cold at times very sort of distant and um i think that actually the way he conducts himself in the modern game is more suited to a kind of director role as opposed mm. to actually being a tracksuit person that's that's on the sidelines because he's very process driven he tends to look at the bigger picture and when you're in a dog fight i'm not quite sure it's the right sort of vibe but steve evans whether we like him or not, I think he can drill a team into shape. I think everywhere he's been, uh, he's got results, hasn't he? Um, when you look at Crawley, when you look at Rotherham, um, Peterborough is okay. Um, Gillingham, two top half finishes on probably a bottom six budget, bottom eight budget, something along those lines. Um, okay, it didn't work out for him so well this season, but I think Steve Evans keeps Craw- um, Stevenage up where I don't think Paul Tisdale would. That's interesting. So you, you you're back in Stevenage to stay up now. I am, yeah. Definitely. You are. Let's talk about managers, Chris. You touched on it. Chris, you touched on it. <laughs> Grant, do you know what, Chris? I think we just let Grant run with this. Another managerial casualty this week and replacement. I want to make a point of one thing I read. Barrow sacked the manager. They've brought in Phil Brown. 
And the first thing I saw as a reply to the announcement of the bringing in Phil Brown was, if I'd have known this was what you were going to do, I would have said, stick with who we had. <laughs> it's not great. Grant, what oh do you my. think about Phil Brown? God, why have they brought in Phil Brown? I mean... I can't think of a good reason to bring in Phil Brown other than going down the, oh, he's got Premier League experience. He's not got great Premier League experience as Phil Brown. I'm I'm just, I think it's a really poor, poor, poor one. He took South End down bottom. Did he not get them down down the bottom of the, the National for a while? Then they sacked them. Then he yeah. buggered off to India. He's not done well in India. And now he's back here. But I really feel sorrow, sorry for the Barrow fans. I'm no, you don't. <laughs> no, you I do, I do, because I like Barrow. I do like just because he wants Carlisle to go down. Ah, yeah, <laughs> They're not going down now. I'm. I really feel sorry for Barrow. I think this is probably the worst manager appointment of the season. I'm, I I just don't see it ending well for them at all. I'm, and what can they be thinking, right? What's Phil Brown going to bring in if they stay up going into next season? What's he bringing? What's he bringing to Barrow? Do you think they're looking that far ahead? They have to. They can't just go. Let's. They can't just go. Let's get to the end of the season and then fucking sack him anyway. They have to go. We're going to stay up. This is the man who's going to keep us up and see us into next season and be successful next season. Does Phil Brown say that to any of you three, truthfully? Well, what I, I wonder about is why more League Two clubs don't recruit more managers from Step Two. Because granted, there's a lot of money in the National League, so it's hard to headhunt managers from that level. Although I do, I am surprised that Pete Wilde at Halifax hasn't uh, hasn't has a job somewhere else. There's obviously uh, the lad at Boreham Wood, Luke Gerard, um, that's done very really well there as well. But then. In Germany, they, they produce some really good coaches and they've got a model where they don't really define coaches by the level that they're managing up managing at. They're quite happy to headhunt hunt managers from the lower divisions. And I just wonder why we don't see more managers get an opportunity higher up. And clubs that would often say, oh, we don't want to pay, or people would say on behalf of clubs, we don't want to pay compensation fee. But what you're getting in return for that compensation fee is the manager of the whole operation that's in form, that's up and coming, that's had success previously and can, you know, has knowledge of, of other markets and potential players and things like that. And for me, that makes a lot more sense than going for some of the same sort of recycled names, especially if they've not done particularly well in recent years. So I don't get why clubs don't invest a little bit more money on paying a compensation fee because then you can maybe cut back the budget a little bit and say, we trust you to, to develop these players or maybe a lower budget. I, I think that's a much better way of doing it myself. I, I agree. I think I think um, Pete Wilde, obviously, we, we were talking about him for, for the Bradford job. Um, he was in the odds for the, the Barrow job. And at the second yeah. that name was, I said, he would be crazy to take that job. You know, that I think that would have been career suicide said, for him. Seven mm-hmm. places between Barrow and Halifax at the minute. Like, why, why, why take that? It's not a step. Really. Well, um, Stockport are winning the National League title. Barrow have got a good chance of staying up. 
So, and the structure at Halifax isn't necessarily brilliant. They could struggle to go up again next season. So there would be, there would have been an argument for him to, t- to take a league job. I think I, I think had a, at the time it looked a bit different. Looking now after Oldham's result last night, I think things look a little bit safer for the for the likes of Barrow at the bottom of the at the sure. bottom of the league. Um, and I, I think that's something you know I've, I've got here to mention. Oldham. Now we started this podcast essentially talking about Oldham. That you know that was the running joke at the beginning. They proved us wrong. They went on this run. We're back there. And after last night's game, you look on Facebook, you look on tweet, Twitter. Their fans seem sort of accepting now that that's it. That's that's it for them. They don't believe they're going to stay up. They don't believe that Shes Erection's a thing. We called it Dead Erection. We've changed it to today. Hashtag Dead Erection. Um, Dead erection. Dead erection. Dead, yeah, no, I've just realised when you said it that way. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how how uh, Oldham have gone the last. It, it, like, we're going to get games. we're going to get a sponsor by like a Viagra company now, aren't we? Just, <laughs> um, but no, guys, uh, Oldham. What do you think? Do you? I, I'm finding it hard now to look, and I mean, they're the most out of form team in the league. Um, I find it really hard to find any sort of positive light for them for this season. I, I, I'm really, really concerned for them for the for the summer with what their owners like. I think the, the, the one thing I would kind of um, say, though, is that they are only three points off safety. And I think they, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they've got a better goal difference than the team that's in 22nd. So, yes, we can look at it and say they lost their last four games and uh, and the bounce has gone. Um, but I do think that if they can pick up some of the form that they found when Sheridan first charge with five, six, seven games unbeaten, they went initially. Then they've got the, then they've got a chance, and I think that's the thing with uh, with League Two because there's only two teams going down. You, there's a chance you might be able to get to get away with uh, with staying up. It's it's unlikely I would still have Oldham going down as part of my bottom two, but they've got players like Davis Keeler Dunn. If last season's Bahambula turns mm. up, Masilu's a, a battler in midfield. You know, they, they, they've got a chance. Whether they can uh, do it, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, it could change in one game week. Is, is what I think I they've, got two, they've got two really big games coming up. They've got, they've got, they've got Stevens to play, haven't they? Yeah, they've got Mansfield yeah. this weekend, which I think they can pretty much write off if they get points against Mansfield, fair play to them. But then after that, they've got two really big games in a row. They've got Orient and then they've got Stevenage. I am back-to-back within a couple of days. So the 29th, I am, they've got Orient and then the second, they've got Stevenage. So huge, huge four, uh, few days coming up for Orient. Orient for Oldham. Yeah. I think the other thing is, I think if John Sheridan does keep Oldham up this year, I think that could be the last of him as a manager. I think that it would be quite nice in a way for him to end on a, a high and then either move upstairs or... Because I think he did an interview with Under the Cosh where he actually admitted that he does have difficulty managing the, the modern player. And I do think that 
in the modern game, you've got to work with the players that are available. You can't just say this is how it was in the good old days. You've got to work with with what's there. And and I do question sh- whether Sheridan um, can do that. And I certainly don't think he would be the right appointment for Oldham Athletic long term, whether or not they stay up this season. So I think in a way it would be quite a nice associate end to his association with Oldham Athletic if he kept them up and then moved on. I mean, I've mentioned I've mentioned before, Gab, about Sheridan. Um, have you? We don't. Have the early days. <laughs> and I just said that I thought it was a terrible decision for Alden because he just literally moves from club to club. He's not done anything um, significant in the last few years. I, but he's Alden through and through. And when we had Chris on. The you know the Oldham fan he he talked about how he is you know Sir Sheridan you know he Oldham is his club I wouldn't begrudge him that and I think you're right I think that is exactly what he needs to do I think at the end of the season whatever happens I think he needs to move upstairs in whatever capacity that is hopefully maybe you want him to go to an old people's home don't you you want him upstairs (laughs) in an old people's home Um, no comment. <laughs> Guys, we're gonna Gab, we're gonna let you go because I know you've got other things you need to do. But honestly, thank you so much for coming on. We've wanted you on for a while, so really, really glad you came on. Um, yeah, guys. How do I do this? I can never do this point. No, I've got it wrong again. Gab! You're, just point, you're just pointing that amazing oh, new logo. I can't do this. No, I've got it wrong now. Anyway, yeah, it's, been it's, a, it's been a pleasure, gents, and uh, hopefully catch up with you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Cheers. Take it easy. Right, let me let me just adjust. And here we are back in the room. Look, we've all gone in the right place. Um, Guys, we. Oh, no. No, it's got the old logo. Guys, can we get like, Sorry, but anyone who's not seen the new logo. Look, someone who's not seen the old logo and the new logo. That's the new logo. Unfortunately for today, that is going to have the old logo on it. It'll change for next week. Don't worry. Um, oh, just sticking with the last staff. 10 days. Can't get the staff, Chris. You know, can't get, can't get you guys on a reasonable hour either. Um, <laughs> Mansfield, Forest Green, both got back to winning ways last night, the night before. We, we touched on it, but Grant, we watched that Forest Green game and it was the most It dull. was dismal. Well, it was not a good game to watch. Um, yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, I thought it might have just been me. And you know when you when you start watching a game of football, and then you kind of go, "This isn't great," and then you start flicking through TikTok, start flicking through Twitter. I was going through Twitter just checking the hashtag for the game, and then just looking through Forest Green, and everyone was saying the exact same thing. They were going, "Oh my god, this game is dull. It was not a good game of football to watch." It was horrible. <laughs> so you saved yourself a bit of time there, Chris, not watching. I, I watched the highlights, and I'm not going to lie, even the highlights were terrible. <laughs> so just... can, I, can I make a point? Anyone who's watching, they might not have noticed this, but I've noticed it. Chris, I don't know if you've noticed it. I don't know if you've noticed it, Grant. The reflection of your glasses, Chris, because of your green screen, is making your right eye see-through. Nice. Well, <laughs> I was, I was going to say I had some really cool glasses today, but you kind of look like Dame Edna, so uh, I think I've got away with that one. <laughs> Chris, you look like you've got two ashtrays on your face. Shush now. <laughs> right. But Mansfield. Mansfield. The, um, do you know, well. I'll tell you what was very good, though, about, about that game. The, the Our, new, Our new match day live experience. Yes. I mean, does the experience... Not-
It is an experience. So, to anyone that's not yet in it, we have our own Discord channel. We have now made a lower league look Discord channel. Um, and our aim is to have match day chat rooms. So you can go in if you're listening to the match, if you're somehow watching the match, don't know how you'd be doing that. You can talk about what's going on. You can have a bit of banter between fans. Um, just good, a bit of good, clean fun, everyone. It's good yeah. fun. Come and join in the fun. We will put a link somewhere to our Discord yeah. channel. It's up on our Twitter page if you've not seen it. Um, come and join in the fun. Yeah, we, did, we did it last night as well. We had like seven or eight of us in one room last night while the four games were on, and it was... Don't get me wrong, like non I didn't follow any of the teams that were playing, so I, I didn't have a great interest, but it was just good to hear other fans about what they think's going on. And we had Adrian who was on earlier in I think episode three or four. He's obviously a Mansfield fan. He was on watching the Mansfield game and he just was screaming while he was watching it. So <laughs> it was it was brilliant. Um Chris, we've not seen you yet. We're hoping to see you there soon. Well, if I get if I get a chance, but um but I think it's important as well is that, you know, even just not the match day experience, it's about, you know, having a chat. There's lots of different um, rooms and, and, and threads that you can have a little chat about, you know, about your own club or who, whoever you're coming up against next. It's just nice to get fans involved. And if you guys fancy coming along, you know, get yourself on Discord, get yourself on the chat. And, uh, yeah, just let's talk football. If Sky aren't going to fucking play us, I tell you what, we'll still talk about it. Well, speaking of Sky and speaking of plans and the Discord, we have a plan before the end of the season, hopefully, to oh, yes. uh, to recreate. I don't say recreate because it's not recreate because we're going to do it live. We're going to do a 3 p.m. live kickoff where we do Soccer Saturday, but our version. And we're going to have, and we want fans from teams all around the country watching their team who we can cut to like on Soccer Saturday. But I want you wearing outfits. I want I want someone with the stadium as their background and then we go to them 20 minutes later and they're in a different part of the stadium. I, it needs to be authentic. We need to make it ridiculous. Um, so that's also a plan. So we need people to get in touch. I've got quite a few who want to do it. So we're going to try and build it up and build it up and get it to be this uh, this stupid thing that it could be. You know, because Sky aren't going to show us, so we'll show it's ourselves. It's going to be good fun. It's going to be good fun. It is. It is, it is going to be fun. It's going to be hilarious <laughs> as well. Joe's going to be really funny when we know the goal's going in on the Viddy printer. And then we're just <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> I put so the Viddy printer on like a Mansfield. There's going to be a goal. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? It'll be literally the Cami experience on every goal. What's happened? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> It's a, it's a throwing. What are you talking about? Um, so let's finish off the last seven days. And it's some of we touched on this this guy the other week, and we were talking about how he's sorted himself out, how his attitude's got better, how he's become you know a good League Two manager. Um, Joey Barton. And um, we were a bit premature in this. Now I've looked into it. Be careful and... because it's still it's still yeah. an ongoing case. So yes. Be careful. Yes. With it. So I've looked into it, and the, the case is essentially this. They had a house party, allegedly had a house party, him and his wife, their friends around. Uh, there was an altercation. The police were called. His wife was struck in somewhere. She's defending him. She's uh, The case was adjourned yesterday, again, because she's written a letter to the court, which apparently has been dismissed. It's not being used as evidence. She's saying it was an accident. Um, by the sounds of things, from what I'm reading, the friends that were at the party, they're the ones that have given the statements that are quite damning of, them, of him. 
Um, spoke to a Bristol Rovers fan last night who said, you know, it's innocence or proven guilty, and I agree 100%. There shouldn't be a witch hunt out for him until, you know, you know what's going on. But should he be guilty, his position becomes completely untenable. And this is what yeah, Bristol Rovers course. fans are saying as well. Yeah, of course. And I don't think there's been any Bristol Rovers fan who's well, who's come out and, you know, said that if he is, you know, um, guilty, that, that he should still be there. I'll tell you one thing that, that's that's pissed me off a little bit about this week, well, is that, um, because one, I, I won't mention her name, but there's a Bristol Rovers fan who is her game her game too, and she's quite, you know, one of the big ambassadors. Um, they've come off Twitter this week because they've just had so much abuse because people have jumped straight on. Oh, well, why have you not been giving the abuse to Joey? And it's like, hold on. You know, it just seems sometimes that people just want to have an excuse to just have a go at someone for nothing. And it's like, you know, the work that those, those, you know, those, those girls are doing, those women are doing, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like someone's going, Oh yes, perfect excuse to have a go. And like I said, uh, I, I won't mention her name because I don't want to embarrass her. Um, she has come off Twitter because of it for a little while. And it's, um, it's disappointing. It's, nice. it's disappointing. It, I, Football fans can be the best in the world and the worst in the world, and we all know it. You know, we we can either be the greatest fans of any any sort of you know. You look at TV shows, anything like that. Football fans can either be the absolute best, or we can or be the, the absolute most worst. Fickle people, right? Yeah, Fickle is a great word to put in for for football fans. Yeah. And it's not good. And you know what? We're hoping that eventually we'll get someone from the Her Game Two movement on. The, you know that group. We're going to get them together because uh, we want to we want to speak to him. I'm gonna touch on uh, something else that I've got that we've never touched on. We've looked at the National League. And we've looked at it from day one. We've always looked at who's going to come up and join us. What we've not done is looked at League One at who's going to drop. And. I want to do that now, so I want to get your opinions on this. Can we? I, a... <laughs> we can. Oh, I am waiting for Chris. Can right. we? I think, I we think can. Chris has been waiting for this moment <laughs> after yeah. the one when he was on holiday. Yeah. Chris, so, over no, to I'm, you, I'm, my I'm, friend. Well, well I'm going to just read. I'm just going to give you my opinion, Chris, of what I think is going to happen. And then I want you to go on yours. There are currently crew are currently on twenty five points yeah, at the bottom. Down. Crew, crew are down. down. Doncaster are on thirty points. I believe Doncaster are coming down with them. Okay. Um, there's another team. I'm not going to mention them because Chris is going to. But the fourth team that I believe <laughs> is going to come down is Gillingham. He can't. It's Gillingham, and the reason I think it's Gillingham, I'm going to read you Gillingham's remaining fixtures for the season. So. They play Accrington Stanley on Saturday. Fine. Then they play Sunderland. Then they go to Wickham. Sorry, then they play Wickham at home. Then they go to Cheltenham. Then they've got Fleetwood Town. Then they've got Portsmouth. And then they finish with top of the league Rotherham. Like that is a horrific run. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe Crew, Doncaster, and Gillingham are nailed on. But I'm I'm wondering who the fourth team is, Chris. Take it away. <laughs> So it might be a team that have conceded nine in two games by any chance. Could it be? Um, I believe that they got beat 5-0 by Shrewsbury the other day. And what was interesting in the uh, post-match comments by their new manager, I forgot what his name is, deluded something or other. Anyway, um, his excuses, as per, were 
oh, it's not my fault. It's the new players that have come in, basically blaming the previous manager. I didn't listen to what his um, comments were in the 4-1 loss to Wigan. To be fair, you would have expected 4-1. I'm not going to, you know, Wigan are, are absolutely flying at the moment. You would top, expect top that. Yeah, you would have expected them to get beaten that. Um, but already from what I'm reading on Twitter is a lot of disharmony from Morecambe fans towards their new manager. Already after two, what? Three games, I think it's three games. Five, five games now. Five games. I apologise. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think they, I don't think he's got a win yet, has he? No, he drew drew against Ipswich in his first game, and then he's lost two nil, three one, five nil, and four one. He's you know they've they've shipped essentially in five games. What we're we talking nine, twelve, fourteen, fifteen goals in five games. He's he's conceding wow. an average of three a game. I really yeah. hope you see if they do come down. I really hope they keep Adams in. I really do because <laughs> I, 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 that'll be a game I will want to go to Bradford for because I think it'll be hilarious. It'll he be will get some amount of stick. If you think about it, we're, we could be in a position next season where you've got Adams going back to Bradford and Challoner coming back to Hartlepool. Yeah. They're yes. two games where the atmosphere is going to be toxic as hell. Our stand, our ground is going to chant Mark Hughes Bradford Army the entire, the entire match. That's I think that, all I think it's there going might, to be. There might maybe be one few, or two um, other words. There might be another one of the uh, your football is shit, Derek Adams. Your football is shit, which uh, we. Well, we the thing is, that's weird. We, we had that with Gary Boyer earlier this <laughs> season. We, that's what the chant was at Gary Boyer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it looks like Morecambe are coming down. Crew, I'd say Crew and Doncaster for me are nailed on. Um, And Morecambe and Gillingham, I think, are going to join them. It's going to be a strong, again, next season, a strong League Two when you throw Gillingham, Donny and Crew in there. I'm not going to say Morecambe because I don't believe, I think Morecambe will come down and I think they'll sort of stagnate at mid-table for a while and struggle. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Grant, we got the re- finally the second time we're having the repeat of a section. We have sections now, and it's called <laughs> But John Yems Says. Now, as soon as we did the But John Yems Says last time, we instantly got another But John Yems Says moment. Not from John Yems, but Grant, I'm going to let you tell talk about it because I've got the clip. I'm going to get it ready. I'm going to let you talk about it. Talk about what, what, what we're talking about here. Grant's put himself on mute. <laughs> Have I put myself on mute? Sorry, I put myself on mute because I was shouting. Well, I, the I dog. no, I was no. shouting the dog, and yeah, I am. Oh, mate, this is, I love it. So they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So I've not got someone saying someone this something this week. I've got someone doing something this week on a return, and this is glorious. We've already we've already spoke about this man tonight. <laughs> Hopefully Liam's got the clip ready. I, 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 can I, I'm in, can it. I introduce it yet? Can I introduce no, it yet? No, no, not yet. Hang on, you can in a second. Uh, oh, it won't let me. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, no, no, so, no, wait, no, no, wait, wait, wait. It made I was going to say, him. if not, I can just describe what was going no, no. on. Yeah, I think we've it's got glorious. it. Glorious. No, I no, was peeing my. Grant, you can don't describe it. So. It's been stupid. A certain a certain manager, Mr. John, Sir John Sheridan, 
as Oldham fans returned to Swindon. He was getting called a few. He was getting called a few um, choice names off the Swindon fans, and when he was exiting, <laughs> he just decided just to give the Swindon fans <laughs> the finger, <laughs> walking up to the tunnel, just giving them. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I liked the best about it was so on the tweet where someone shared it out, the first comment was a guy going, Classless, we didn't say anything to him. But you play the video and it's the Swindon fans going, Wanker, Wanker, Wanker. Yeah. And then he does it. I'm like, Mate, you can hear you in the video calling him a Wanker. Like, don't <laughs> They were like, There's kids in this stand. He shouldn't be doing There's kids next to the bloke who's chanting Wanker for 20 fucking minutes. You know, let's be fair. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was brilliant. Really, really funny. Um, good move. Good move from John Sheridan. I yeah, it was great. Also, John Yems got booked again the other week, (laughs) which I don't understand how he's done that. I don't how right how when you are banned for four games, do you still get booked? Because I thought he was banned. He was going on again talking about the ref, but he was go- he didn't talk directly about the ref. He was just going on saying, "Yeah, the game was ruined." You know who by? I can't see his name. <laughs> it was it was really funny, really really funny interview for him. Yeah, it it was a it was a strange one. But he, the thing is, he's going to do that thing of, um, and do you know, Grant, you've got something else you want to talk about actually. And speaking of managers saying things, or managers or owners saying things. Um, oh yeah, but, so, but saying yeah, them quite yeah, yeah. corded. So I'm going to talk. Is this me talking Premier League? This is Grant talking Premier League. I'm going to talk Premier League here for a minute, right? This is for you, Chris, because you need to. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah, is, this is, this is for you. So there's been a couple of incidents in the Premier League recently where um, fans have been tying themselves to goalposts. Was it? What's the cause called again? It's um, just. Stop oil. oil. Just stop oil, right? So it came out today, live on TalkSport, that someone has funded this Just Stop Oil movement. And it's it's relevant to to us and relevant to League Two. Chris, who do you think has funded this campaign? 10 grand. I could pretend I don't know, but I do know exactly who it is. Uh, I, I I did actually listen to the same conversation this morning. So, so I, I know you. And I tell you what, the fact is that Simon Jordan was on talking about it as well, and you know full well what Simon Jordan's going to think about it. Um, apparently, let's be fair. Apparently, he didn't realise that that was going to be the situation. That that's what they were going to do. Um, but he doesn't disagree with what they're doing, which is the interesting. No. Thing. And, and, and again, he's not my favourite person anyway. Is he? I think I'm pretty sure I'm blocked by him on Twitter anyway. So, um, yeah, Dale, Dale Vince. It's for really, anybody I else find it really, in, <laughs> anybody find else it really interesting. Anybody else Green owner, uh, Dale Vince has got involved with the, the movement. Um, he's not got involved with it. He's essentially funded it. He started it. Yeah, he, he has. And... Um, uh, yeah, I think I'm probably going to leave it at that. So I mean, well, he's <laughs> been he's, he's he's been asked, 
are you going to withdraw your funding or stop your funding? And he's went, well, I only gave them 10 grand. He says, I didn't know what they were going to do with it. And he says, no, I'm not going to withdraw it. He says, I, I feel I, everyone has the right to protest, um, which I, I, I don't disagree with, but it's got to be done in the right way. And okay. how would he feel? I know this probably wouldn't happen at Forest Green, and Forest Green's not the club that you protest that sort of thing at. If someone done the same thing at Forest Green and strapped themselves to their gate to their posts, managed to get their game abandoned, something like that. If he's knowingly doing it, is it bringing the game into disrepute? Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. He's if he can if the FA now will be looking into at what point he found out they were doing what they were doing. That they will be. He will be under investigation mm-hmm. for that. But you know. I, I believe he didn't know. We'll, we'll find out. The beautiful thing about it, there's a couple of things that I found beautiful about the one at the Everton game. Number one, the guy was strapped to the post with a cord round, with a thing around his neck. A fan from the Everton game <laughs> climbed out of the stand and with a knife and gave it to the steward. The steward went over and went, you can't come over that barrel, mate. Thanks for the knife. Didn't work. Gave him his knife back. Right? Gave the fan his knife back in the stand. No got mentioned. The other thing is that the guy's protesting about the it's the drilling for oil in the North Sea, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the East Coast. He went to Liverpool, that's West Coast. He was the opposite side of the country. <laughs> Go to a Newcastle game, mate. You're in the wrong place. And that, those were the two things that I found brilliant about it. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It's yeah, it's I so mean, hard to to follow this this sport at times. <laughs> yeah, I do. But you know that. Yeah, it's gonna well, look, happen. Next seven days, guys. We, to be fair, there's not many decent-ish games that I, well that I feel are worth sort of single, singling out. Um, Leighton Orient versus Barrow. For for me, that's a that's a big one. I think huge now that the Orient have lost, yeah, huge. huge game. We've got we've got Orient Barrow. We've got Vale versus Sutton, and Scunny versus Harrogate. Now, I've highlighted that one because they've got two of the worst forms in the league and Harrogate are on an absolute stinker. I think have they won one in eight or something like that? I, I tell you what, soon as we haven't really mentioned this club very often, <laughs> their, last, about their last two wins, who were they against? Yeah, Bradford City. Yeah, both. Yeah, and, and you, the, just can't, you just can't beat Harrogate. You're, they are your, they are your bogey team. But, I mean, I think Harrogate are very, very lucky that they had as good a run as they did at the start of the season or else they would be in some real, real fucking trouble. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it earlier, Grant, before we came on, if Scunny are going to pick up points again this season, it's this weekend. Or yeah. it's, it's against Harrogate. This is the game. I mean, I don't think they will. I think Harrogate will be looking at this as a, regardless of the run they're on, as a, as a, a way to get out of it. Um, mm. I'm still not hearing an anything from game. Scunny fans either. No, there's, not, there's no moaning, there's no complaining. It's just, it's a, it's like it is what it is. Strange. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and this is what this is the last thing I'm going to say on the next seven days. Tuesday nights between now and the end of the season, the busy. That's where the games are catching up. So we've got Mansfield next week having another catch-up game, another game in hand. They're coming to you guys, Grant. Um, yeah. You guys had a bit of a wobble. 
obviously we've not done a recording since and we didn't think we, you you went you said you went oh I'm glad we didn't record last week because you didn't get a chance to mention it but I'm going to mention it now you were I'd say quite comprehensively especially the second half played off the park by a, a very yeah. good Bradford side that night which you know we've we've hit we just seem to be playing better Saturday we weren't but when we played you guys it was uh it was strange to watch because I expected so much more from your guys. I, I did. I said to you though, didn't I, that I, I wasn't overly confident about that game at all. Yeah. Um, we were carrying injuries. Our midfield was depleted, I think. And I think after that game, Graham Lee saw that and he switched formation back to being five at the back um, against Newport and it absolutely paid dividends against Newport. And we it was a Gary Little so, effect, let's be fair. Yeah. But, yeah, against you, it was not a pretty watch at all from a pool's perspective. We, the only player that I think that came out with any sort of credibility was Big Timmy Odessina from that game. Odessina was, he, he was phenomenal. He was flying. And, and I think, see, over the last couple of months, I, a lot of folk have gave, well, I know Bogle got the player of the month. Then managed to put the ball in his own net against Newport. Um, <laughs> but I actually think Odessina's probably been our best player. He's been given man of the match for uh, for most of our games. The challenges he's got. He, you seen him and you, you went at the first one, he was going running in because he's fast as fuck. Yeah. And then you go, oh, 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 oh. And he just goes <laughs> flying into a challenge, but he gets the ball clean every time. It's yeah. proper worldy challenges he puts in. It's it's do you know what? it's nice to see at this level as well to see yeah. because because I think over the years I I think this this league has lost its grittiness. This league used to be quite dirty. Players used to fly into tackles. You used to see it. It was it was awesome to watch. It doesn't happen as much now. But Odessina is just well. I mean, he he pretty much marked Andy Cook out of that game mm. for the entire game. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we had three players in midfield who, again, Gareth Evans' revelation of a player since Mark Hughes came in. Um, Gareth I mean, Evans. What, what a Pereira. shot Andy Cook hit in that game as well. Clear. Yeah, the stands. Right. Let's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what? You can talk about Andy Cook clearing the stands. Let's talk about player of the month for Barb Ogle's free kick. Grant. <laughs> it almost oh, cleared yeah. the stand. Yeah. It almost hit me. <laughs> um, it almost ended no, up in Morrison's, didn't it? it yeah, <laughs> but but this is the thing: Bradford, uh, Hartlepool this season, it's three all. You know, we've won one, you've won one. The aggregate goal scores is three all. Um, looks like we're both staying in this league for next season. Let's uh, let's let's see what can can go on there. Uh, Chris, it'd been class if you'd have been it. You'd have, you'd have loved it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. watching the game. I enjoyed it. It was um, it was good viewing, and like you said, I think we, you know, apart from a not the greatest performance on Saturday, I think we've got we're starting to sort ourselves out. We're starting to look a, a, a well drilled team. I think is probably fair. That first half, I think we played really good football, and then it just fell apart in the second half. And obviously, that's where we need to bring in some new players. But I think you know. I think next year, I, I personally have, 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 and I know Gab would have probably said the same to you earlier on. He's, he's, you know, he thinks that Hartlepool have got a good chance next season, and I don't blame him. I, I you know, they've been one of the teams that I've enjoyed watching this year. Um, I think, honestly, I think 
next season's going to be even more difficult than this season. I yeah. yeah, we're losing. We're going to lose four top clubs, but I think we're going to get four or five top clubs coming in. I am. I'm, I'm including Stockport in that. Um, we're, get, we're getting three from above, aren't we? Three coming down. Yeah. You know, Crew, Doncaster, Gillingham are all going to be wanting to challenge. And yeah, then you've got your Stockport. It's just who comes up with them. I, I'm going to put it out there just now and say if Stockport, well, Stockport are coming up, I think there's a real chance of them going back to back. I agree. I really agree. And I, I hate saying that. I genuinely hate saying <laughs> it. I, I agree. I agree, Grant. I think that they will go back to back. I really do. Um, Let's find out. Let's find out. Um, so I'm, I'm going to end with a new little section. And this is for you two. So what I did was I put a tweet out and I essentially wanted people to send in to us the any sort of silly stories that they've had from following League Two over the years. It doesn't have to be them. And this is something that anyone listening... I want you to do the same. It doesn't have to be something that you've done. It can be the most ridiculous thing that you've ever heard of a fan doing. It can be a complete urban legend that you don't know whether it's true. We want to know about it because we want it to, you know, we want to hear the most ridiculous things. We want to hear from our own clubs. So I'm going to read you a few now. And I want your your reactions on, on these here. So the first one has come in from a guy called Ollie. Now, Ollie's a Walsall fan. Grant. Oh, you know, oh hold on. Is this Ollie Walsall? <laughs> This is Ollie Walsall. To give you some background, Ollie Walsall. I've predicted that Walsall will finish fifth in the league. Ollie Walsall. Yeah. That's a story in its own. It is. When Walsall appointed Flynn, he did a a match predictor for the rest of the season and he he, he showed the table and he had Walsall winning, what was it, Grant? Something like 14 out of 15 games? 13 13 out of 15. Yeah, and finishing (laughs) fifth in the league. Um, (laughs) <laughs> he was like, he said, it's a bit optimistic, but it's going to happen. He had Bradford not winning another game this season, um, which, to be fair, at the time, we would have agreed. Um, but this isn't that story. So his story is, I'm going to read it to him. I'm going to say it in a like, gentle tone, so I'm going to try and add some like sad music behind this. So, during the 2015 season, which as a Walsall fan was quite nice, we had, and I'm not sure if he's done this on purpose, Port Vile away. I don't know if he just doesn't like Paul Vale or if he spelled it wrong. Last game of the season. We could go up if Burton lost. We sold it out and there were inflatables everywhere. Inflatables galore. I remember the first goal going in and me losing my inflatable. Tears came. I was crying. 75 minutes into the match, we were 5-0 up and all of a sudden, I see my inflatable coming back to me. (laughs) Tears of sadness. Turned to tears of joy. And at the end of the match, I threw my inflatable on the pitch. And one player, I think either Anthony Ford or Rico Henry, signed it for me and gave it back. It was quite nice. <laughs> then, <laughs> then, he's got another one. I was also a mascot at the Wigan, at the season, at that season versus Wigan. And Michael Oliver reffed it. And Will Gruff shook my hand, which I was looking forward to. And a player celebrated with me. So, you know, he went from, you know, Roller coaster, really, of a season for him. Um, and then he went and predicted that Walsall were going to go 13 out of 15. I want to know what his inflatable was. Well, I, <laughs> I was sure in my head, and I think I've just added this word. I think I've added this word. I was positive it was a banana. 
And I don't know where I've got an inflatable banana. Ollie Walsall, please tell us what the inflatable was because I, I read See, it's banana not, and I don't know. It's, it's not, not the first thing that came into my head. What was your inflatable? I just had this massive inflatable knob. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well. <laughs> the player um, just signing the shaft of this uh, inflatable uh, knob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, his name all the way up there. Um, <laughs> God, can you imagine? <coughs> the, the, so the next one comes from Chris. You know who this guy is. Um I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to give a disguised name from his Twitter. We're going to say it's at the City Lent. Um, so I got this. <laughs> and you're going to know why I've disguised this name, right? Because this is the, this is the message. In response to your tweet, on the way home from Barrow this season, I had to stop the car twice to have a shite on the hard shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> No no toilet roll the second time. I had to use a sponge, which was only good for one wipe. <laughs> then, then I had to use my T-shirt. I felt horrid. <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um Last one. So what we're going to do, we're going to read... Please, what tell, we're me, do, we're gonna please tell me it's topping that one. Um, oh. To be fair, I've not read this one fully yet, but what we're going to do after this, we're going to let you oh. you guys can play some first, second and third. So the next one comes in, or the last one comes in, it's from Tracy. She's an Oldham fan. Um, and she says, hi. So the first Oldham athletic game I went to was at Bristol City. My husband had moved down to Cheddar and wanted to take me to a game. Parking at Ashton Gate is an absolute nightmare. So we got in late, just in time to see the ball go in the back of the net. I started cheering wildly and running around, only for my husband to grab me and say, shut the fuck up, that wasn't us. (laughs) (laughs) I turned to see hundreds of Lactic fans glaring at me. I've never felt such a knob. I would say it was incredibly embarrassing. not Lactic. Oh yeah, lactic, not lactic. Just, lact- <laughs> just a lot of logs, just a lot of fans with just lactating in the ground. <laughs> um, I would say incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> I wish for the ground would have. O- I wish the ground would have opened up and swallowed me, uh, rather than having to sit there for the whole match worrying that someone would lynch me and my husband, and trying to reassure other fans that I'm just a knob and not a city fan. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, out of three, there we got the we, I mean we all know what's first. We know um, what's first. The, we know the what's city first. the city lent taking a dump on the hard shoulder. Two dumps. <laughs> Two. I, I think Two I might dumps. mention this on his next uh So that was so hold on. So that was two dumps from Barrow <laughs> to Bradford. <laughs> yeah. He had to pull over what twice. Did he? I mean it's not, like no, it's not like there's no service. <laughs> And this is the thing. It was literally services the whole way down. I mean, that's, that's impressive, isn't it? It's not even a long drive, really. No, that's what I was yeah, saying. It's not long. Grant, I drove back from Scotland last week from Grant's house. Four hours. I didn't stop. <laughs> drove all the way through. It stopped for two shites. My God. So we say the city lent has won. Um, second, 
what are we going to go with? Well, what are you guys going to go with for second? I'm going to put these in like a table. We'll do a points thing for this season. I think I think the fact that you you're cheering the wrong team is pretty pretty high up there, to be honest. Yeah, I'd see I'd see that one second, Oldham second. Oldham second, and then third by default, Ollie Walsall. But Ollie, we're going to let you. We're going to give him a chance to redeem himself there because if it does turn out to be a six foot inflatable penis, that would make the story <laughs> possibly take over the Oldham one. But guys, anyone who's listening still, because we have gone on a bit over, but we didn't do last week, so it's fine. Um, keep stories like that coming in because every week we want to just do a few, and I want these guys will not know what's been said in these stories, so we can keep them coming. Let them just be as ridiculous as possible. It can be just so stupid. Um, what we've also not mentioned, guys, before we go, because obviously we didn't play it because it gets edited in afterwards. What do you think of the new jingle to open the show? I love it. I love it. I've, honestly, I've not stopped laughing at it. I think it's great. <laughs> and I think we've been impartial tonight, completely impartial, even towards Carlisle, despite what it says. Let's be fair. Um, so, guys, I've not got anything else to add. Have you guys got anything else you want to bring up? I have nothing. I have nothing. I, I'm just going to leave it to Grant to do his usual spiel. And then Walk we'll us out. Shall we roll? All right, everyone, thank you very, very much for listening to us once again. Don't forget to like us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, share it, retweet it. Do whatever the fuck you want on your social platform. Facebook, follow us. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Rate us. Don't forget, put us five stars. Say whatever the hell you want about us. We couldn't care less because that doesn't affect us. Just rate us five stars. Finally, join us in the Discord. The link is on Twitter. Have a chat with us there. Send us your stories on Discord. If you don't send them to him, send them to me as well. I'll happily read them out, but I'll read them out blind, so I've not even read them coming up before. So they could be terrible. They could be really funny. Send them to Chris as well. I've not seen Chris on Discord yet. He will appear at some point. But hey-ho. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We have been. Just Oh! No, oh. just before you say we have been, I'm just going to, just as a caveat to these stories, what I think would also be interesting is they don't even have to be true. We need to work out whether they are true or not. We need to essentially call bullshit if we think they are bullshit. So make them wild, make them ridiculous. We're happy to, you know, we'll if, if they're true and we get it wrong, tell us. But we'd like, it doesn't have, it can be the most ridiculous thing ever. We'll decide whether we think it's real or not. Grant, continue. We have been the lower league look. It's a lower league look. Ciao for now. It's the lower league look.